This is episode number 724 with the real Tarzan, Mike Holston. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Harriet Tubman said, every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember, you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. And today we've got a young man who is reaching for the stars and changing the world literally through the use of all of his education and his massive social media following. The King of the Jungle and the Real Tarzan those are the names that this exotic animal specialist, teacher, and zookeeper, Mike Holston from Miami, calls himself. He's got over 4 million followers on Instagram and a massive following on YouTube, and he's used his huge social media following to teach others about exotic animals and wildlife and our part in conserving this wildlife and maintaining this wildlife. He's inspired by Steve Irwin, who he calls his idol and the best man to stroll this earth. The real Tarzan uses visibility that he gets for the good causes that he's a part of. He loves to educate people about animals, and he often visits schools to teach kids. And now he uses his platform to teach people all over the world. And I've become obsessed with watching him on Instagram. He's literally grown, I think, 3 million followers on Instagram in the last six to eight weeks alone. It's amazing what this guy is doing and educating us. And I realized how uneducated I am about animals until I watched some of his videos. And this is really inspiring stuff. And I, I think sometimes we lose perspective of wildlife and animals in our own backyard or around the world, what's actually happening. And we talk about this today on some of these things. We also talk about his background, growing up in a rough neighborhood and how his family made it out of that background. He talks about how the love of animals saved him from depression, the power of what one Will Smith share did for him on social media and reaching out to work with him and how that impacted people seeing his social media videos and actually being a part of this moving forward. We discussed the differences between animals in captivity and in the wild and how Mike would like to help save animals everywhere. We also talk about how following any dream, even if everyone says it's the craziest thing to do, Mike has built this incredible life for himself by talking about wildlife animals and by showcasing animals, playing with animals, connecting with animals, he has built a life for himself, a business for himself, a brand around something that most people said to him, this would never work. And so if you ever have had a dream, maybe you've got something crazy in mind right now where everyone is telling you, it's not possible, don't do this, you're wasting your time, go get a, a steady job. Here is a great case study and example, and he's going to talk about how he's been building this and how it keeps growing. The more he dives into the dream, he attracts even bigger people to support him manifest it. So this is a fun one, guys, a powerful one. Again, lewishouse.com slash 724. Post that link out to your friends. Text your friends who have crazy dreams to listen to this. Share this on your Instagram story and follow at 
the real Tarzan, Mike Holston. This is a powerful one, guys. So without further ado, let me introduce to you to the one, the only, Mike Holston. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits like four times membership rewards points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year and up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a busy day and we just stocked our office fridge with international delight cold foam creamer and it never misses the team's favorite flavor so far is the caramel macchiato you just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee and voila you've got an incredible cold foam coffee no frothing fancy machines or mess required international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom the best part it works on both hot and iced coffee it comes in three foaming delicious flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. All right, welcome back to one of the School of Greatness podcasts. We've got the real Tarzan in the house. Mike Holston, good to see you, yes, man. Yes, sir, brother. Thank you <laughs> for having you me. being here, man. So much fun. You've been um, you've been taken off over the last month. I found out about you from Will Smith, and then it seems like everyone's been talking about you. Thank you, Will. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You are just like taking over the world with educating us about animals, all types of animals. Yeah, man. From domestic animals to the wildest exotic animals to uh, reptiles to snakes, spiders, elephants, anything in between, you, if it's an animal and breathing and walking and moving, you love it. Absolutely. When did you get into this, like, passion for just all types of animals? Honestly, I was born with animals, you know, like, not born with animals, but there was already uh, two dogs in my family, born in my family, so I grew up with two dogs, you know, had no siblings, so those were, like, my best friends. Really? Yeah. Only child? I was at the time. You were at the time, yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm the oldest of 10. Wow. Yeah. Ten? Big family. Brothers and sisters? Brothers and sisters. I was going to say like nine animals or something. No. (laughs) Animals is way deeper than that. You're the oldest of ten. Oldest of ten. Wow. What is that like? It's it's the best feeling, man. Me me and my my siblings were real close growing up. So it's just like I always had that brotherhood, that sisterhood, and I had a bunch of cousins. But there's nothing like having your brothers and sisters, you know? Wow. I love them tremendously. And you grew up in Rhode Island? Yep. Well, I bounced back from Rhode Island and Atlanta. For most of my life, cause my dad lived in Rhode Island, my mom lived in Atlanta, so holidays, my birthday, or I was over there, and then I would go, you know, I would be in school in Atlanta, living my life with my mom, my two brothers, and the rest of my family was up north, 
Yeah. So every holiday, any break we had, we was we was home. Yeah. Four, five, six times a year, you know. And you had a couple dogs growing up. Did you, when did you really start to explore out and? I got my out? first snake at four. Uh-huh. Four turned to five. What kind of snake? I had a boa constrictor. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've caught snakes, you know, like garter snakes and uh, you know, decay snakes and rough green snakes, you know, growing up. But I never actually had one as a pet. So you would catch them. Yeah, and I'll, I'll bring them home. Mom's like, "What the f- are you doing?" Yeah. Like, my mom's like, "Dude, you can't have any." You know, animals in my freaking house. So I just kept begging and begging and begging. And then a four got a boa constrictor. Yep. Was it like a yellow one? Like a- it was a regular Columbia red tail. Had like a tannish, you know, brownish body with a red tail. You know, with with dark brown straddles on top of him. But he was evil, bro. Really? He was mean. Bite yeah, you a lot yeah, or what? Yeah, bit me a lot. Really? I didn't know a lot. You know, all I saw was TV stuff, you know. I had... You saw Steve Irwin? Yeah, you when know. When did you first see him or see his? Well, I actually first saw the old school Tarzan movies first. My, my, my grandma is an older lady. She passed away a couple years ago, but, you know, a 70-year-old lady was sitting in her big, huge chair every day and watched this black and white TV. And I love my grandma. That first time I came, we lived in the same house, so my dad lives on the first floor. And then my grandma lived in the second, my great grandma lived on the second floor, and then my grandma lived on the third floor. You know, so I was always up and down, hanging out with my family every day. So when I go see my, my grandma, she would watch these stupid old movies with black and white. And I'm like, dude, this is so boring. You know, like, I don't want to watch this. And then one day, she had an old school, like 1950s Tarzan movie on, black and white, horrible. I look at it now, I'm like, dude, this is so bad. But yeah. back in the day as a kid, I was like, yo, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, and swinging a little rope, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, fighting cheetahs and lions in the jungle with a, you know, tilt on. It's like, yeah. dude, this guy's amazing. And then um, I got a lot of stuffed animals after that. And then I found, but I knew it was off. You know, I knew Tarzan was a fake movie, and then my stuffed animals weren't real. So when I finally got my snake, you know, I thought it was going to be a walk in the park, and it wasn't. You know, because he was he was mean. But that's when I started watching Steve Irwin, and then I went from a, looking at something that was fake. Looking at a real person, who was really was really doing this stuff yeah. exactly. You know, wasn't How a cartoon. Um, I had to be. I mean, anywhere from five, to six, seven years old. Yeah. You know, probably probably younger or older. I can't remember. From watching PBS Kids and Zaboom Fool and National Geographic Channel and David Attenborough and Animal Planet. You know, you name it, dude. I was engulfed in animals every day of my life. Wow. You know, from a kid up until this day. You know, and it's just. It stuck with me. Really? Yeah. Like once I love something or like something, I don't, all in on, I'm yeah. all in. Like I eat the same food over and oh, over. Me too, man. I eat you the know? same restaurant like every three it, days. Dude, yeah. it's like, it's it, how can you get bored of something you love? I know. It's I like clockwork, that. you know? So you had the snake at four, four mm-hmm. or five. How long did you have this mean snake for? And did you ever get a place where you were like able to tame it? Or? Yeah. Well, I think he bit me, my brother, my aunt, my mom, and my uncle. And they would get, they were, they were like literally days away from getting rid of them. I kept going there, you know, I was nervous as a little kid, yeah. you know, like, I don't but I was hurts. like, it's my snake. I had to conquer this fear, you know, and every time we go to hang up and like, handle this snake, everybody's walking away with tears or blood. And I'm just like, oh, dude, gosh. this is just horrible. And one day I picked him up and he didn't bite me. I was like, we're best friends. <laughs> really? And then. But isn't it scary to like have something that's biting you to like put it up next to your face? And, like, yeah, it's a, it takes time to do that, you know. Right in your eyeballs and yeah. like. It takes time, man, you know, like. You don't want to just pick it up and be like, oh, hey, snake. Oh, yeah, no, not, not at, the, at the beginning. Uh-huh. You got you to gotta, you gotta basically make him trust, you know, trust him. You got to trust him. 
You yeah. have to trust the snake. Exactly. How, and how crazy is that? Trust the snake when it's biting you. Exactly. When you're nervous, you're scared, you can't trust them. They have like a, a defense the same way with you. If you were walking down the street and some guy came to you and he's like, hey, what's up, buddy? You're going to be like, yo, bro, I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to run away or call the cops. But if someone walk, approaches you and says, hey, how you doing? Shakes your hand and keeps it moving. It's a, it's a harmless. It's more calm. It's more calm. So when you walk up, you know, with a snake, you're like, oh, man, am I going to grab it? He's like, yo, bro, are you trying to eat me? Are you, you trying doing? to fight me? Yeah. Like, I'm going to bite you just to get away from me. Because they're more scared of us than, you know, we are them. But if you walk up to a snake and you're like, Hey, buddy, what's up? How's it going? He's like, oh, all right, cool. We're just chilling. Versus, you know, you're going here and you're like, oh, you know, you're trying to grab him. The snake's looking at you. You're looking at him. You know, it's just, but versus if you, if you literally do this, that's it. Calm. Calm. Easier you, said you become a tree branch versus something trying to eat you. You know, it's just a harmless figure. Wouldn't Steve Irwin be like that? Like on the TV Of course, show? there's oh, different snakes. Yeah, yeah, Crikey. absolutely. You know, you, know, you got to bring the viewers in. Yeah, right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? But like, it's just, everything's like, it's like ballet. You ballet with the snake, and then if you got a break dance, then you got a break dance, of course. Mm. You know, but right. it's all just simple, slow motions of trust. And if he's moving, you move with him. And he moves this way, you move that way. It's the same thing with like a dog, you know? Exactly. I feel like I feel like I do really well around dogs. Like a lot of people who are dog owners are like, yeah, they don't really like big guys, right? Yeah. Or they get like skittish around big guys. But I'll just like kneel mm-hmm. and like and like just put my hand out calm. Get down to your level. And let them come to me and then they like start sniffing me and like start like putting their head on me and then it's just like, all right, start Yeah, best yeah. friends, just like that. Yeah, and like, these people are always like, oh, they never do that with strangers or whatever. I'm like, well, I'm just trying to be calm and relaxed. Yeah, everybody's so nervous and scared of people's dogs. That's why they freak out yeah. when they get to their, their houses. See if it was a thirty foot boa constrictor, I might be. I might not be like, "Hey, little snake!" Like, <laughs> maybe like touch the tail. For yeah, a for sure. That's crazy, man. Okay, so you conquered the fear of your first snake that bit you. Mm-hmm. Did the snake bite you again after this? I'm pretty sure he did. But- I was so happy, you know, that I finally got to, you know, even interact with this animal. I didn't even care after that, you know. I just kept duplicating the same thing and doing more research. It was less research. and less probably or whatever. Mm-hmm. Really? You started know, researching so. about snakes in general or about all snakes? Well, boa constrictors. You know, at first I started doing, I just wanted a snake, you know, because I was just so young and yeah. naive about it. But I finally realized there's thousands and thousands of different species of snakes that get bigger and smaller and different colors and different places. They live in trees, live on the ground, live underwater. It's just like... When I figured that out, that there was so many more than just, you know, I'll pythons yeah. and boas, I was literally like, oh, my God. You freaked out. Freaked out, bro. Imagine having your favorite food, right? And you ate it your whole life. And then one day you found out that food had millions of options that tasted just like that, but better. Mm. You know, you're like, dude. Sounds amazing. It's like, a, it's like an endless <laughs> buffet of greatness. Oh, my gosh. You know, so when I, when I finally figured out at a young age that there was like, thousands of different species of snakes, even the same species, you know, like a boa constrictor has seven or eight or nine or 10 different species inside just the boa constrictor of that country. And then you go to another country, they got different ones, and then another country got different ones, but they're still boas. They look different, they have different patterns, some get bigger, have different head shapes. It's literally so interesting, you know? Wow. Some are more aggressive than others, some are calmer than others. And that's what really, you know, intrigues me. And I'm like, dude, if I could learn this about snakes, how many other animals? And it's like that with every single species. That's why I'm addicted to all animals because I love to learn. And you can you can never stop. You I mean, there's stop. so many things you can learn. Yeah, bro. Like literally, you probably not like 20 percent of. Not, bro, 20? No, I don't even know. Like four percent? Not wow. even. I don't even know if I know one percent. That's that just my animals? opinion yeah, to the yeah. to the outside world. 
I'm a genius. You know a little bit about yeah. a lot of things. You know, but you know, to yet. me, I'm a student to the game always. Yeah. I love to learn. I'm an open book. So when I get around different people, like, you know, I was at Cesar Milan a few days ago. Mm-hmm. He's been on the show. Yeah. He's an awesome guy. You know, I looked up to Cesar Milan for a long, like a long time, you know. You went and, to his dog psychology center? Yeah, I went yeah. to dog psychology center. And I, again, I told you I was raised with dogs, you know, so I've trained dogs and worked with dogs my whole life. But the moment I got with Cesar, I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Teach me. That's how I am. I'm like, yeah. give me all you got. What was he, the greatest thing he taught you the other how day? To, how, to, how to sit, how to make a dog sit. I've been doing it wrong this whole time. I've been doing a great job to my, for myself, you know, but like he, he explained stuff to me and I'm like, holy shit, dude, that's real. Like, Wait, what, How do you do it? So what you do, what you do, what you do, when you tell a dog to sit, what do you do? Sit? Yeah, right. But it's more about the energy, right? It's more Not like even, the- bro. He explained this to me. It's so freaking cool. It makes total sense because it's applied in other animals too. When a dog is born, they have the nose, their eyes, and their hearing. So they're born blind, they're born deaf, but they can smell. So the first thing they can do is they can smell first. So that's your first natural instinct mm. is to smell. And then like a few weeks later, they open their eyes, they can see. Yeah, start and hearing. Then, and then they can yeah. start hearing. So when you go to teach them, you don't teach them to hear, you teach them to hear, and then hear, and then there. Mm. Because once this goes, everything else goes because this is instinct number one. How do you teach them through the nose? Treat, smell, attention, stuff like that. I'm still learning because I just learned a few days ago. Right. So I'm going over the process of watching all his new stuff and wow, like, okay, man. this is how it does it. So when I go home, I can train my dogs totally different now because now, again, I'm a new book. Everything I did know about that I thought I knew, it's now an old book and I have a new book. So one day, when I get around another dog guru from another country for somewhere else, I can completely erase, put that book on the shelf, and they'll go learn something new again. Yeah. So one day when I can give out information, I say, oh, here's three books. I learned this and I learned sure, that, I learned sure. that. So here's your methods of, wow. you know, that's how I like to reiterate things. Become a, I basically become a sponge. Yeah, of course. You know? How many animals do you have right now, personally? 41. What are they? I have three dogs. Have, this is in Miami, or is this? This in Miami, yeah. Yeah, okay. Three dogs. I have a fox. A fox. American red fox. Like, like a wild fox, or like like a, a fox. Like you it's know? tame now. It's like a lot of animals I have. Like ninety five percent of animals I have are like rescues. Mm-hmm. You know, besides my dogs, the dogs gave it to me for free from people from Instagram. It's like I worked at a reptile store back in the day, and then they uh, sold animals, of course, to the public. And I'm, in, I'm into the animal education and conservation space. You know, I really don't care so much for selling animals. Yeah. I don't have a problem with people having animals as pets as long as they have the, you know, the proper education and stuff in captivity to, to duplicate their enrichment in natural environments. Yeah. But um, my fox was a rescue, and I raised him with my pit bull. No way. Yeah. It was like a baby fox? Yeah, they're like- both the same age. Seven, I think the fox was like eight weeks old, Shut and my dog up. was like seven and a half weeks old. You raised it together. So I have a 100-pound pit bull that looks vicious. He's sweet as Sweet, me. like the calmest. And then I have this fox, and they're best friends. Shut up. So and it, then now, the fox, like, the, bites you, though, or is that, like, No, the fox is completely, like, tame. Even like, though never bit me ever. Never bit anybody. What? Even well, though it's, it's, it's like, that DNA is, like, the more aggressive? It, you, not even more aggressive. You got to think, you know, in the wild, they're, like, at the bottom, not the bottom of the food chain, but they're, like, they get killed by cars, right. hawks. You know, so if they're small enough, snakes eat them in different places. Cougars, jag- you know, I mean, not jaguars, but uh, coyotes. 
bobcats, they battle with all, with all these animals for territory, you know? So in the wild, people are like, oh, a fox is aggressive. It's like, no, he's just defending himself, you know? He has a lot of problems out here. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but the cool thing is he was such a, he was so young, and my dog was so young, they, they bond together. So when my dog loves me, the fox is like, okay, I can trust this guy. I love him too. Wow. So my dog was, that's why I love pit bulls so much. People just, Pitbull, they're so man. underrated. You know, people think they're so vicious, but they actually are the best dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, they live to please you. Gosh, I love it. You know, and whatever you do and whatever you tell them to do, whatever you teach them, they're going to do it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So I just teach love, kindness, happiness, patience with this giant dog. And he has love, kindness, and patience with everything and everybody, even a fox and a lizard and a baby monkey, you know, (laughs) that he could easily eat in one bite. He just, he loves it. No way. Yeah, I got, you know, he's 100, he's... I brought him to the vet. He was like 88, like 90 pounds. He's only like eight months old. Oh, my gosh. So I got puppies, like 15-pound puppy pit bulls. You know, I got his heart. I'm like, this is going to be, I got to watch him, you know. Is he calm? Dude, he's just the best big brother ever. Wow. So so you got monkeys. The monkey play with the dog and the fox. Fox plays the dog. The fox doesn't eat the monkey? No. Well, the fox doesn't go next to the monkey. There's just certain (laughs) certain things. There's certain things you can... Put together, and if I grew them up from babies, of course, but I can't. Otherwise, I would kill them probably. Yeah, you know, and then you don't want to stress the animals out by trying to, they're not supposed to be together anyway. Sometimes it happens just naturally. I know I have a friend that has, um, the dog just passed away like a couple months ago. But for 10 years, this guy raised a St. Bernard with an adult male lion. No. I got video and picture. Did it start as a baby lion? They both started together. And then they would just like lay with each other and hang out. Best of friends. This 600 pound adult lion. lion has a little 60 pound St. Bernard. That's the best friend. And actually, the St. Bernard was older, like by a few weeks. So he was more dominant than the lion. No way. I swear. They would get in fights, and then the St. Bernard went every time. What? He would back down. You know, it's his brother. Oh my gosh. Even though he was bigger? That's crazy, man. Yep. And it, when I remember my friend was telling me because they were so close for 10 years together. You know, that's like literally every single day of his life, yeah. he's, he had this, this dog. Sad. You know, so. How long does a lion live for? A lion can live like 20, 30 years. You know, so, I mean, in a while, they don't last long, but it's been lions in captivity that lasted about 20 years and, and, of course, more. My career not only requires me to travel, but also gives me the freedom to. Traveling has brought me so many positive experiences and memories. Like that time I spent the holidays at an Airbnb in Big Bear with some of my extended family, and it was the perfect way to come together and connect with my family that I don't see that often. If you have a similar setup that allows you to travel often, have you ever thought about your empty home while you're gone? More specifically, how you can make some extra money by keeping your home occupied while you're out of town. I'm a big advocate for setting up a side hustle to give Give you an extra stream of income and Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine, but there are some people out there who've never even realized their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. So what other animals do you have? You got fox, you got a goat. goat. I got a Arabian dwarf mountain goat that just rescued from like a little cattle farm where they're going to eat him. So I got him. And he's like, actually the best pet I have. He's the best. Why? He's recently, he's new to the family. He's just so, 
You, you never think a goat would be just so loving. And you think dogs are affectionate? Dude, this goat wasn't leaving my side. No bro. way, dude. Dude, he's the cutest. He's like this big. What? Yeah. Baby he, goat? Baby goat. You know, he drinks whole milk. I'm feeding him, giving him some milk because he's still a baby. He's only four weeks old. Oh, wow. You know, and he has just the best personality ever, dude. Okay. He has like these little horns that's growing in because he's a baby. You know, he, he just headbutts you a little bit. He's just the cutest thing. He's gonna grow big though, huh? No, he'll be small. He'll be like 15 inches high. Okay, so you get goat. What else you got? I got a slew of snakes Snake, and lizards. Snakes, huh? I just got a bunch of spiders in recently and scorpions. Tarantulas. Yeah. I um, saw a video of you with holding a bunch of scorpions and letting them pinch you or something. It's like, aren't they venomous or see, what? People don't know, man. You know, there's a little. I feel like I want to hold those things, man. Yeah, they're, they're, just, they're just all they're, they're like they're harmless. What? Not all scorpions, but okay. that Certain, species. That yeah. species. And that's where I go back to with the snake stuff. You know, it's when I finally figured out that there were so many different species of snakes. Some had different characteristics and personalities. Some were super aggressive. Some were super chill. Same with scorpions. You know, you think a scorpion like, oh man, this thing's gonna pinch me and kill me with venom, but there's like. Thousands of scorpions, and everyone is different. Different. So yeah. the ones you have aren't venomous, or not, they have small venom, but it's like it's like a bee sting to you. So a human, still it's pulled into like a cricket or a, you know, it still, still hurt for sure. Yeah, but so versus sting. something that can sting you and yeah, kill you, you be dead in an hour versus something that's wow. like oh that just hurt a little bit, you know. So that's the that's the the, the gradual scale. Of how, how many times have you been like bitten or stung or? I'll show you. My scars have scars and scars. Oh my gosh, man. This is, this is one of my favorite things to do. People always ask me, so I, I, I take my scars with pride. So you see those scars there? Yeah. There. What are those from? Just random bites and scratches. Scratch there. Uh, all up on my wrist up here. Oh my gosh, man. There, here. Probably your fingers are constantly getting nipped out, fingers. Right? A little, anything that's like discoloration. Oh my gosh. It's just man. like old scars. Scratch there, yeah. Yep, there. So what are the types of animals that have bit you or scratched you? Or Everything. Really? Yeah. But it's like, I don't talk about it on a show because it's not like, it's everyday life. It happens. You know, it's like 95% of the time it's just on an accident. Have you ever been like scared for your life? Like, oh, I'm in a bad situation. This is not. Plenty of times. Give me, a, give me a couple moments. Like, when? I don't like sharing those moments with people. I guess animals are bad. Yeah, sure. Is it is enough? But you're also doing way more than most people would do. Yeah. And putting yourself out there. And I like, think one day I have a lot of stuff documented. I'm a, I'll go through and share some cool near-death experiences really? or accidents. Or... Can you share one? What was, like, one incident that you're like, oh, this was... Maybe nothing happened bad, oh, but it was like, oh, see. this could have been a bad situation. I went to the Bahamas. I swam with sharks for the first time. Oh my gosh. And uh, <laughs> I'm the type of guy, I'm like, literally, I'm either all in or I, I shouldn't have been there in the yeah, first yeah, place. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And if I'm there, uh, it's, it's, it's happening. So I went on this boat in Bahamas just about a year ago. And I never swam with sharks before, for the first time. So, you know, I, of course, you see the Shark Week on TV, and you see Jaws, and you see all this crazy stuff. But I know, like, I'm an animal guy, so I have to accept you gotta do it. everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even if I'm not educated on it, I have to educate myself on it. Wow. You know, and, and learn and, and embrace it. Even if I don't like it or wanna do it, I have to do it because it's my it's my job. I can swim like a fish. I love marine everything. I have sharks and turtles tattooed on my leg. Wow. But um, dude, I got underwater and I never had a scuba tank before. So the dude was like, you can't come, you can only free dive. And I'm like, dude, I wanna go deep and and I wanna see these sharks, bro. Like Stop playing with me. 
So he went underwater with the tank, and he uh, he had this bigger nurse shark, and he went under there. And then um, I think some black tip reef sharks were swimming by, which are a little more aggressive shark. The nurse sharks are like kind of like puppies, Babies. pussies, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't worried at all. But when, you know, when he said there's reef sharks coming, I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be gangster. So um, I wasn't worried about the sharks. It was more so of the breathing apparatus you have to, you know, I'm on a scuba tank. Uh-huh. So you go 15, 20 feet underwater and I'm walking on the ocean floor and there's sharks swimming, there's stingrays and there's fish. And I'm having a lucid experience, you know, walking on the ocean floor. You have to take a class and get certified to do stuff like this. I never did it. So I was breathing, but I got kind of a little excited. Yeah, yeah. I breathe in water, you know, and I'm underwater with a scuba tank that I have no clue about what to do. You know, do I swim to the top and catch my breath? Do I? So I swallow the water and started trying to breathe in the water. It's the freakiest thing, bro. Like Salt water. Yeah, you know, and there's sharks swimming around, so I can't, like, panic and, like, you know, I don't want to freak out. So it's literally, like... I could feel my eyes tightening up and just it's a weird experience, bro. So not from an animal you got it was near death. It was from just like not but being you gotta think a situation like that is where accidents happen with uh, the animals, you know. Because they can feel the they fear can more. Feel than the fear. After I start freaking out, the sharks are like, okay, is this something hurt? Is he it's the time to eat? You know what I'm saying? So if I start freaking out something to the top, I'm bringing attention to myself rather than being something that's just natural. Moments like those you gotta Compose yourself, or who could fucking compose themselves underwater, you know, when you're swallowing water 15, 20 feet on the ocean floor with someone holding on to you oh with a tube in your mouth that you have nothing, no clue about, just telling you to breathe. You know, these guys are licensed divers, and I'm Joe Schno that <laughs> made him bring me down right. there, you know? So you have a split second, you're like, dude, this is a bad idea. And yeah. then you're like, all right, fuck it, I'm here. All right. You talk about fear. You say that fear is a generational habit that can be broken. How'd you decide that? It's more so of like, I've seen it with animals. People were, oh my God, snakes are horrible. My grandma says, not my grandma, but people say, yeah. you see a snake, a good snake's a dead snake. You know, mm-hmm. So you have all these people that are for years and years and years just passed down fear, passed down fear. Spiders, snakes, you know, spider whatever. Spiders, snakes, my grandma's the same way. She doesn't like to drive on the highway. And I'm just like, dude, you drive on the street, you're just going 10 miles an hour faster. Yeah. You know, what are you scared of? It's a psychological thing, but her mother didn't drive that much, you know, and then her sister didn't drive that much, so they passed down the fear of driving on the highway, and it's like, dude, you're not giving me that shit. I don't want no, no fear that you guys got over there. Yeah. But it's like, once you get past a fear, it's so such a great feeling, yeah. you know? It's like the best thing you've, you've never had. Freedom. Freedom, you know, and that's what I, I applied to everything. A podcast, you were scared to talk in front of the camera. Never did it before, but... Fuck it, we're here. You know, let's <laughs> Make it, it magic, baby. You know? Make it magic. <laughs> Why do you think it's important for people to see someone who looks like you doing something that's unexpected? Because most of the, you know, Steve Irwins of the world, the zookeepers of the world are all white. All right? white people, like, yeah. You never see a black person exactly. like wrangling animals and hanging out with snakes. I and got spiders more and... so the confidence from my family, my white side of my family. I have a Cape Verdean background, so Portuguese and black, and then my grandma's like Russian, Polish, and huh. some other crazy yeah, stuff. Cool. So you see this, this black family, and then my great-grandmother, this like blonde hair and blue eyes. Really? Yeah, like the soul of my family. Huh. You know what I'm saying? So when I saw those growing up, I'd never seen like black and white. Of course, I knew the difference between people, but my family just as much as my mom and dad, because I grew up with them, 
they were the same bloodline as me. So when I saw that animal space and I noticed it when I was like 14 or 15, there was not a single black person that ever did anything that I wanted to do. I'm like, dude, I can use that as my advantage. Wow. You know? And it's also an inspiration because I inspire everybody. I don't care if you're black, white, Spanish, Asian. Yeah. I got literally love for everybody, every religion. You know, I don't care what you believe in, I still love you. You know, we're just, I just spread nothing but love and positivity and peace to everybody, you know? And I feel like that's, that's what wins. <clears throat> you know, I feel like people are like, oh, I can't hang out with this person because they're Jewish or they're Muslim. Dude, I don't care, bro. I want to I wanna learn. Teach me your language, you know? Teach me your culture. I want to, let's be friends. I hate barriers with anything, you know? I just love to be free, like animals, yeah. you know? Just be uh, free. Did you uh, play sports growing up too? Yeah. You look like an athlete, like Yeah, play football. Well, um, I actually hated sports my entire life, but my whole family's <clears throat> full of athletes, and I was the only weird one because I liked animals, you know? So <laughs> you got my brothers and cousins. That's my dad was a McDonald's All-American in high school. Wow. And my older stepbrother went to the league. NBA, play for the Mavericks. Uh-huh. I got a slew of like athletes, and then you just got old animal boy over here. Yeah. You know, so they're like, dude, why are you not playing this? Why are you not playing that? Why are you not doing this? I'm like, bro, leave me alone. So after years of saying no, I finally said, yeah, I started playing football, started wrestling, started playing basketball. Really? Yeah, and I got pretty good at it. You know, because I, I got addicted to the yeah, to progress yeah. and the process. Yeah. You played high school? Did you play, you live, go to college too? Play? Yeah, I played uh, one year of college. Where'd you go? Played slot receiver at Georgia Military College and uh, Atlanta Sports Academy. All right. Pretty cool. Nice, man. I played wide receiver, too. Nice. I played in the arena league for about a year and a half. How was it? It's tough, man. Arena's I, different, I than the... It's different, man. It's indoors. You know, you got walls. Yeah. So I broke my wrist diving into a wall trying to catch a football. It's just like the, the roughest sport. I mean, it's the guys who are pissed that they didn't make the NFL mm-hmm. or they and dropped from the NFL and they're trying to get back up. And it's just like, I want to kill you. Yeah. And I'm gonna work my way back up there. It's crazy. It's crazy thing like that, you know. It's so tough, man. It's like wild. I football. love competition, though. I love on, it, man. On an athletic level, yeah, it's like something that I crave. Like I crave it, man. Dude, I can't. I, miss it. I can't lose. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I can't. I hate losing too, dude. I, I I hate losing more than I love winning. Yeah, I was the worst loser for many years. I would like be so upset for hours, days yeah. that I lost. Even Same like here. the simplest little competition, ping pong, basketball, didn't matter what it was. Mm-hmm. But now I've learned like that anger, if I hold on to it or frustration doesn't serve humanity. Nope. It doesn't lift people up. Nope. It doesn't support me or the people around me. So I've learned how to take a loss as a learning experience quickly and just reapply the education from exactly. that loss into, okay, how can I be better? Exactly. And, and people should think like that, man, mm-hmm. you know? It's, you win and you learn. You don't win and lose. That's it. You learn how to win. That's it. You know, you figure learn out what you messed up. Learn how to get better, yeah. Tweak that mistake and you go at it again. Yeah. You keep going at it until you win. That's that's the way of life. That's what people need to understand. Yeah. You don't lose. And when you people lose and they say, okay, I lost. I'm done. And then you go, you're losing something else and you're done with that. And then you lose something else. It, you, you create a cycle of yourself mm-hmm. of just fucking quitting, you know? Yeah. And when you when you finally figure out why you want to win and where you're winning at, you can apply that in your spiritual life, your mental life, mm-hmm. your finance life, you know, your relationship, everything. Just straight winning. Yeah. So did you did you start working? When was the first job that you had where you got paid working with animals? First job. How, how old were you? I was uh, 17 years old. So I got the my store. Is that what you're working at there? Not not this one, but in Atlanta, I got a job at this place called Petland. It's a regular mom and pop shop that sold dog food and. 
dogs and cats and little birds, mice little mice for yeah, yeah. snakes and f- goldfish yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, like three or four snakes and, That's you it. know, just a regular pet store. Dude, I got in there and I felt like a million bucks. Really? They actually, actually didn't hire me at first. You're just working for free? Yeah. Like- They're like, why is this kid here every day? You know, like, I want a job. <laughs> but, you know, at the time I had long dreadlocks, I had tattoos, just fresh out of college, well, going into college and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, like, what is this black guy with tattoos and dreadlocks know about animals? And I'm like... You probably taught them a lot, didn't you? Dude, I, had, I learned a lot. You did learn Yeah. I thought, you know, that's when I become in a real open book. You know, I started helping customers and, you know, just seeing the joy in people's faces. And I'm like, man, I want to be able to give them so much more. Wow. But I can't give anything more if I don't know more. You know, so I would start... Every time we would have, we would have animals come in, I would pick certain animals I never had before, and I would study the fuck out of them. And I would, I would order stuff for their stuff in captivity, like their habitats and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when someone came in and they were interested in that animal, I'm like, you want this? Okay. You know everything about it now. Here's what you do. Boom, 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 boom. And they're like, wow. But you can't get that service at Petco or PetSmart. They're like, go to aisle three. Or, yo, Billy, go back to, go back to fish for them. If you yeah. four Drops of fish food, chinks water once a week, boom. Right, right. But Unless they have like, someone who is there that was like you. Or, or I'm here giving you when they breed, how they breed, what they eat, why they eat, why you got to turn the light off, how many yeah. times you got to spray them. Wow. You know, like climate, hibernation, like everything. And they're just like, wow, that's so awesome. And then that person goes home with this animal. They Educated. come back for a check-in. They come, they, yeah. they come back, they get crickets, they buy new light bulbs. You ask them, how's your animal doing? He's doing great. And then seven months later, oh, I got another one. You know, and then, and then you talk to them, you don't talk to them for three years, and then you find out on Facebook that they have the biggest reptile 20. collection in Wisconsin or some shit. You're like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's awesome to be able to give something that I love to someone else and they love it too. It's just a beautiful thing. It's amazing. What about the people who say, well, we shouldn't be buying animals or having animals in our home or in our backyard. We should let them be wild. They're wild animals. Why yeah. do we have them in captive? What do you say to people like that? I agree to a certain extent. Animals, of course, should be in the wild, but you gotta think sometimes in the wild, they don't have homes because of us. Ooh, you know. And a lot of people forget that concept. And then another thing is if people don't have animals here, you lose touch with them. You lose touch with you, nature. You become you oblivious yeah. to the problems that's happening in the wild. You kind of, kind of don't care, you know, versus if dogs are being slaughtered in China, yeah. you know what I'm saying? If you've never had a dog in your life, if a whole United States never had a dog, you're like, who cares, yeah. you know? Because you're not connected to it. Exactly, but being a dog lover, you know, like, you're like, oh man, that hurts. Yeah. It hits home, what can I do to help? You, you, you just think about it, you know? Even if you're not doing something actively or physically, it puts that thought in your mind. So if I can put that thought in that mind of everybody, I'm not saying I encourage people to have animals in captivity, but in all reality, the reality of it is people will always have animals in captivity. You know, it's not a what if or why can't they. It's just they are. Humans are going to have animals in captivity. So if they are going to have them, it's the reality of it. It's the realness of it. We need to be able to educate these people on why they have these animals and what can we do to better their lives in captivity. Because some people have animals in captivity that they breed them, they help them, and then they release them into the wild to help the populations go. And then they're screwed because... It's not set up the right way or they weren't educated. Exactly. Wow. What's the most endangered species right now in the world? Do you know? Um, the most endangered species? I know the most trafficked animal is a pangolin. Rhinos are critically endangered. Yeah. Elephants are hitting 
really? you know, uh, a rapid decrease. Um, a lot of a lot of animals, especially in the in in African area, is is getting hit hard. Because, so a lot of people know, are hunting, right? Hunting, yeah. you know, they banned hunting, so illegal poaching went up, and you know, it's just it's horrible. And that goes back to having that 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 heart for these animals. You Connected know what I'm saying? It, yeah. So if some people see these things like it's been happening for like six years. Hey. Wake up, guys. These animals are rapidly dying by the thousands. Yeah. Like, you guys don't care? You guys, you're not seeing it? How, what can I do to say, hey, yo, look at this. This is not right. This is happening. We got to fix it. So I like being that voice for the voiceless. That's good. You know, because these animals can't tell you, hey, man. I need help. I need yeah. help. You know what I'm saying? The numbers just keep decreasing and decreasing and decreasing. And by the time it hits the global news, when they want to pick it up, when there's 10 rhinos it's left, late. it's too, it's too late. late, you know? It's like where were you guys at four or five years ago when we, when we had 10,000 10, left from 100,000? That's even a drastic difference. But don't make don't make fucking headlines when there's 10 left. That's it's scary. too late. It's sad. You don't want to you don't want to wait to that brink of extinction yeah. to make a change. Make a change. What has working with animals taught you about connecting with humans? Humans are crazy. I look at humans and like, man, you guys are dangerous. But me being around animals so much and seeing how they live and adapt you know, and uh, survive and eat and breed and just everything about animals. I'm so obsessed with it. Then I look at the human species and I'm like, we are fucking dangerous. We are animals, bro. Whether people want to believe it or not, we are animals. Yeah. Just a lot of good people out there. A lot of good people. But, you know, you look at the globe and I remember, I think it was in fourth or fifth grade, I remember looking at the world population, like three billion or something like that. You know, now I'm 20, 25, it's like 7 billion. It's like, man, we're growing. Like, fast. Fast. Like, a lot. Imagine, you know, another 25 years from now, there's 14 billion people. It's cr- Where are we going to go? Yeah. We go on these animals um, land. Going you, know, we, you know, go up, you know, frick. So, I just, I don't like humans. Not like humans, but, you know, like. In general. I'm an animal guy, so I spend yeah. my whole life with animals, so I've been kind of anti-social my whole life, you know, so social media has brought out the social side of me, you know. To connect with people. Yeah, exactly, and it's cool. It's a definitely like- Starting to like humans more, a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Certain humans? Yeah, yeah, I started off with children first. I worked in the school district for about six years in uh, Miami and Broward, so I got to educate the children on animals and real issue with the kids and the animals. It was such a dope feeling and experience, you know, so. Where were you working at the time? Yeah. Where, where was that you were working? Uh, South Florida. So I had a job at a reptile store called Underground Reptiles. I worked at a zoo called Zoological Wildlife Foundation. In Miami? Yep, in Miami. So you worked at the zoo for how long? Uh, about a year. Yeah. About a year and a half. And you were work- working with the kids at the zoo? Or yeah, well, I was working with the kids on like every aspect. I had my own small iguana business. I was rescuing iguanas. Really? Yeah, I did educational shows and events. I did uh, my regular management work at the reptile store building cages, helping customers, picking up shipments, the whole shebang. I worked seven days a week for like three years straight, not a day off. Of course, when I like went on vacation or something, but dude, I'm so like involved in my niche of work from children to rescuing iguanas to working with monkeys at a zoo and learning as a young zookeeper, working at my old job, answering the phone, going out feeding 700 
lizards outside in the hot blazing sun and coming inside and pulling eggs and checking incubator, incubator temperatures and dotting down data. Just, wow. just all stuff that I love to do. So when I can generate 100 hours a week, seven days a week working for somebody else, and when I finally birthed my whole Tarzan project, I was able to put all those hours for somebody else into my own craft. Mm-hmm. And it's just been an amazing thing. So the, so the Tarzan project, is that what you're working on now? Yeah. Is that the, the brand, the business? When, start, did you, when did you start that? We started Tarzan. The real Tarzan? Ten months ago. And so you just started it. This is your brand, your company. What What is it? What's the mission? And so what Tarzan. Besides all the crazy videos that I see. It's more so of me being a mirror. I'm a walking mirror. That's, that's just, this is my motto to the world. This isn't, people want to ask me what I do, why I do what I do. My business, whether it's Tarzan or King of the Jungle or just Mike Colson, the name doesn't matter. I want people to see me and my brand and whatever I do as themselves. Mm. I want them to look at me and look directly back at themselves. Because I come from nothing. I'm just a regular street hood kid from the smallest state in the United States. If I can do it, you can do it. That's my motto. So people see Tarzan, and I want people to see themselves in their arts and crafts, or they want to open up a wine business, or they want to be a chiropractor. I want you guys to put that same effort that you see me do into your stuff, because I believe in you, because I come from nothing, and I want to see you make it. Mm. So that's what my Tarzan project is. Of course, educating people with animals, et cetera, et cetera, but the whole project's way bigger than just myself. It's about the people, you know, and inspired, encouraging people to be bold, it was first, I am Tarzan. And then, because I was wanting to be Tarzan as a kid, so I never stopped thinking about being Tarzan. Now that I'm Tarzan, it's like, okay. Everybody's like, oh, Tarzan's so cool. It's like, no, you're cool. Go do your own <laughs> shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's just, I want to be able to inspire these people from a real level. Yeah. You know? And I feel like I can touch people because I'm young, 24-year-old millennial kid that lived in South Beach that's still parties, listens to rap music, does all this stuff. But I'm just so focused on my dreams and goals that... Can't shit break me. Yeah. So I want to be able to reiterate that to the younger people, the younger generation, the people in middle school, people in high school now and college now, people that are struggling now already have degrees. I want to be able to get them that motivation. Like, look, bro, go out there and get that shit. Don't take no mm. for an answer. Don't take no else. You just win and you learn. Yeah. You know? But that's what Tarzan's about. That's Tarzan as a project is just basically being a giant mirror of yourself. Mm. I like that, man. And what's the business model for you? Is it events? Is it curating? I, I, I want to educate on the highest platform. Of course, Instagram has gave me such such an exposure, and I'm very grateful for it. You know, but was Will Smith the one who oh, kind of yeah, like bro. launched it into Dude. more heights? It Are was you building it on your own, and then yeah, I still to this day I'm hustling hard on it. It feels good to be able to work and work and work and work, and then one day you get an email from Will Smith's company, and I thought it was spam. Honestly, what did it say? I just said, hey, we're from Will Smith's team. We love what you do. Will's a big fan of your work, and we want to do a collaboration. You know, and then I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, hap- what happened? So, of course, I replied to the email, and I said, absolutely. I would love to work with you guys. But I had to thought, you know, that thought in the back of my head, like, it's never going to happen. It's Will Smith, bro. You know, like, who has just will smith emailing them yeah you know exactly. it just doesn't make sense you know so i had that hope but then again i was like this is not real yeah a few weeks pass and i actually i didn't forget about it but i kind of like just kept moving mm-hmm. you know and i ended up coming out here with one of my friends austin and i was i got on a plane at like one o'clock 
from Miami, East Coast time. I had 1.2 million followers when I got on the plane. It's pretty big on your own in like yeah. 10 months doing yeah. it on your own, it was, right? It was insane, dude. So I got on a plane. I had like, well, I just, I remember, I remember making a post on Instagram saying, thank you all for supporting me. We just hit 1.2 million followers. I love you all. I can't wait to continue to see what's next. So I get on the plane. I take off. And I usually always buy Wi-Fi when I'm on the plane so I can keep working, answer emails, reply to text messages and DMs. I'm like, you know what? For working hard, I'm just going to rest <laughs> on this flight. A few hours of chill. So yeah. I'm going to take a few hours of chill, go to sleep, and then I'll start fresh when I land because I was going to, when I land, I'm back working hard, again. Yeah. And dude, I landed and I turn my phone on. I'm like, yo, why is my phone like, Blowing out. It's not even blowing up yet. It's like freezing, <laughs> you know. So I open my phone and it's just. Uh, so I pick my phone up and like you're at 1.2 million when you took off. I'm like, dude, why, why is my phone not working? You know. And then I put it in my pocket. I go get my luggage. I feel my phone go like. So I open my phone, bro. I have like 200 text messages. Like, yo, Will Smith just posted you. Like, <laughs> literally everybody I ever had. Like, and my contacts text like, oh my god! If I haven't talked to you for years, I got a text message, you yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? So I was like, I was, I was like, no way. So I go to my Instagram, I got 1.8 million followers. Oh my god! Within like three, four, five, uh, LA flight from yeah. the East Coast to the West Coast. I went from 1.2 to 1.8, just like that. One post. One post. And it kept going. And you never met him. You didn't meet him I, yet. I, I didn't meet him yet, no. I never talked to him on you the phone. You didn't know they were going to post you? No, they didn't nothing. see the video or anything. Like, he, he just, just reshared po- a video, right? Or no, no, no. He made his own like compilation, like highlight reel of me. Of you. Yeah, and then he was like, this is Mike Holston, the real Tarzan. He's incredibly, like Will Smith talking, like saying this stuff. Like mm-hmm. In my mind, I started crying when it happened. I didn't tell him that before. It's the first time people hearing that. You know, but like, I cried too. I'd be like, oh, dude, I sat there and I like literally started crying. You know, like... How, how did it make you feel to Dude, know that he like, really like cared about your mission, your message, your for so long, bro? You know, I've been working on my Tarzan since a little kid. You know, I had this vision of being Tarzan, and I got plenty of doubts from you know my family, from friends, just everybody. Like, yo, don't do that. Don't work with animals. There's no money in it. There's there's no this. Yeah. There's no that. There's I've heard it all. It was cool to be able to have someone that I looked up to, like Will Smith. Like, yo, I support you. I love what you're doing, you know, and that meant a lot to me because I put so much blood, sweat, and tears into my little small craft to have someone at such a high level. And not even from being with Smith, I was at a dark place in my, not a dark place, but I was like depressed and lonely for a certain, like a long time in my life. And Eric Thomas and Will Smith, I watched their videos on YouTube. I cut all music out of my life for like two years. And I listened to straight motivational podcasts and speeches. And it basically like cleansed me and Will Smith, Eric Thomas, C.T. Fletcher, this guy named Bradley yeah. Martin. I went through this whole like fitness, you know, phase and working hard on my craft. That's when I developed working 100 hours a week. That's when I birthed all that stuff. So to stay focused, I didn't. I didn't go out to the club. I didn't hang out with chicks. I didn't do nothing but work out, go to the gym, listen to those guys, Will Smith. So when it was, you know, that time hit, you know, it brought back everything. You know, wow. as soon as I I heard his voice, like. This is Mike Holson, the real Tarzan, dude. It's just like, came like a ton of bricks, you know, of happiness. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, this is really happening. Because, you know, seeing these followers is cool. You know, they're just numbers. You're people that are interested in what you do. But it goes to a whole other stratosphere when you have people of that caliber. Like, okay, this guy's wow, dope. Man. And they publicly go do that. You know, these guys are busy. 
They don't have to do that. They don't have to do that. They have millions of dollars. You know, they have so many projects to work. They have families. What are you worried about little Tarzan for? The same thing with P. Diddy. You know, Diddy's a big part of my life. You know, and it's like, it's so cool. Did he find you after Will Smith? Did he reach out and then all these people start reaching out after that? I, I, I'm not sure the process of how he found out about me, but I remember seeing him and he's like, we got to connect. Cause I was hanging out with his children already. You were yeah, before, kids, yeah. before Will Smith was. Yeah, yeah. About, yeah. I, would, I would see his kids every now and then when I went out to go network and stuff. And um, show them animals and snakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I saw him here in LA at the same exact time that Will Smith posted me. I was, on, I was in LA. I went to a day party, had no clue Diddy was going to be there. Diddy's there, you know? He's like, hey, what's up, Tarzan? I'm like, how the fuck does P. Diddy know who I am, you know? He's like, hey, we got to talk some business, man. I love what you do. We'll chop it up one day. Wow. P. Diddy, billionaire, Ciroc, bad boy, Sean John. You're just hanging out with snakes. Just crazy. Chilling, you yeah. know? And it just, it's all history from there. This was you know, what, like a couple months ago or something? It was like two months ago, three months ago. So what has happened in your life since then? Like what are the, since the, Will the business opportunities? Post Will Smith, the, yeah, post everything Will. like changed. Huh? Changed. What's been happening? Yeah. Nothing changed for me as far right, as right. like you're still doing the same thing. What stuff behind the scenes that I'm working on? It's just what can, like, what can you share? What's changed? Who are the people that have reached out to you since then that you've connected? Tarzan with? had a TV show come in 2019. That's all I'm going to say. All right, my man. You know, I like it. so I can't say where, I can't say when. Just no. You can see this beautiful, bright smile with a bunch of animals. I like it, man. Coming soon. And I guess going back to saying, you know, once you get here, you got to keep going. You know, I, of course, I can say, oh, I got a TV show. I made it. Fuck everybody. I'm done. You know, but the real me is like, dude, this is it. This is where you, this is where you, gotta you go really in. go hard. Yeah. This is where you really block everything out. And you really focus. You really start studying. You really learn different languages. You really start, mm. you know, mastering your physical aspects of just everything. So this wow. is this is scary for, like scary, but also people good. think like, yo, this guy, you have no clue what I'm about to tap into. They thought Eric Thomas and Will Smith did something to me years ago that made this. Wait till now, you know, <laughs> like. I like it, man. It's 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 fun, man. What has kept you motivated to pursue this dream, even when the money hasn't been there, or it's not this profitable? Like I've been broke this whole year. Until now. Richard Hart. Richard Hart. Richard Hart. There's nothing. I've been homeless. I've struggled. I've lost everything. I've lost animals. I've lost people. Yeah. You know, so when little stuff happens in my life, little problems, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me because I know I can overcome it. It's more so of a mental thing. And I lost my dad when I was 14. So that's, that's, that's probably my main focal point of why I drive hard every day, because me and my dad was real close, mm. you know? So when I lost my dad, I lost, I lost love. I didn't love nobody, didn't love anything. That's when I told you I was in that dark place from 14 to about a few years ago. And dude, it just, I had to transition that anger and that hurt and that pain into something positive. So once I made that, it took a while, it took, it's still hard for me to this day, you know? But I made that small turn and dude, it just like, I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. It's like, you know, I pray a lot. I ask God for strength and guidance and motivation, you know, and open doors and close doors, give me signs. So whatever happens in my life, I just flow with it, you know? And I, I'm always, always working. Wow. And I, I made a promise to myself and God after I was homeless before. I thought I would never go hungry again. I would never go homeless again. And I heard something inside of me. as long as you work hard, you'll never go without food and you'll never go without shelter. So ever since that day, 
Boring, huh? Busting my fucking ass. It's good, man. Every day. And I've never been homeless. And I've been hungry sometimes, but yeah. it ain't to the point where, like, yeah, you know. Intermittent fasting. Yeah. Just call it you that. Know, yeah, so, yeah. So fasting, I can take a day yeah. off. So yeah, right. exactly. You know. So, what's, the, what's the greatest lesson your dad taught you? If you're going to do it, do it. And what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Uh-huh. That's, that's one thing he always told me growing up, you know, and I didn't know what it meant until I needed to know what it meant. And that was actually one of the first tattoos I got across my chest. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Wow. So when he was killed, it broke me, but it made me unbreakable in the same mm. sense because I loved him so much. You know, he was my hero. We have a dad, right? Absolutely. You know, so your dad's like, bro, it's Same like, man. dad, what kid would want, what does he want his dad? Love your dad. So when that was taken away from me, everything was gone. My love for animals, my love for, I didn't love my own family. Really? You know? So what brought me back to reality was the animals, which would save me because I was depressed. I was lonely. I didn't have anybody to come to, you know? So once I got back with these animals, I started praying a lot. Dude, like, I felt love again. I felt myself come back. And that's why I go so hard for the animals, because the animals is what saved my life. Wow. Without even knowing. I knew they'd bring me happiness my whole life. But when I was in my darkest place in my life, I didn't care or love myself or anybody. They loved me. Wow. They brought it out of me, and I'm like, dude. And they needed you. Yeah. You know, just as much as I needed them. Yeah. You know, so, like, it's cool to be able to, People don't know the real story of my life because nobody knows me. They just know Tarzan and cool videos and apes and lions and snakes and stuff. But this whole animal stuff is what that keeps me going every day. It's what keeps me happy. I don't know anything else to do. You know, I have small hobbies, but every day, every second of my day, every thought is around animals because that's what keeps Mike happy. That's what changed my life. So when I get to this point in life where these animals have brung me, it's like, I got to do everything in my power for them. Yeah. So that's why I go so hard on the education. It's not even from an aspect of education. It's understanding. People just want to be understood. So the animals just want to be understood. I don't care to be understood because I let the work speak for itself, you know? I don't like talking much. That's why I've never done, like, any podcasts <laughs> or right. interviews. It's just I've always had dreams my whole life to do stuff. And every time I told people... It was like, oh, dude, that doesn't sound good. Mm. You know, so I was like, okay, how about I can show you? Yeah. And then you give me your, your answer afterwards. Right. You know, so. That's good. It's cool to be able to it's great, just man. do it. I love it, man. I love it. What about the biggest lesson your mom taught you? Biggest lesson my mom taught me. My mom is a hell of a woman. Strong. Strong as shit. And. My mom taught me without, without knowing she taught me was it's okay to leave and do your own thing. My mom um, comes from the same hood um, my family comes from, but she was the first one to leave. When everything was bad in my neighborhood and my family, she was the first one to leave Rhode Island to Atlanta to give us a new life. Wow. And she had nothing. She just went with her gut feeling. You know, she knew an opportunity was going to make itself something out of it. And she brought two of her kids and herself with like 100 bucks in her pocket. And we drove 18 hours from Rhode Island, packed all our stuff up, and went down to Atlanta. Never looked back. But it was the best thing she could have did for us. Mm. Because if we stayed home, we wouldn't have made it. I'd have been dead easily. All the kids I grew up with, all my friends, went to the Boys and Girls Club, played football with, went to 
elementary and middle school with, they're all dead. Every last one of them. That's why I, I take this stuff so serious because, like, I ain't supposed to be here. Yeah. You know? And it, it, like, it kind of makes me emotional now. Yeah. But it's a good thing because I like to inspire people to show them the realness of it. Like, I lost a lot, but I gained a lot because I get to show them there's life outside of whatever you go through. Yeah. You can always make it. So I like to show people that strength you can have without knowing you have it. See, my mom, she had the strength to leave, but she didn't know she gave me strength to leave. So when I left Atlanta to go to Miami to live with my dreams, mm -hmm. I made it. It gave me that strength to go. I was like, okay, mom can do it. I can do wow. it. And the same thing with that fear. It's so generational. It just keeps going. But then you look at it, my grandmother, my mom's mom, back in the day, left from Rhode Island and moved to California. No friends, no family, no nothing. With all her kids, my aunts and my mom. And so my mom got that from her. Then I got that from my mom. Wow. It just, you look at that effect in life and it's like, holy shit. It's crazy. I take all this shit real deep and serious. You know, I get, I have a lot of fun on social media, but there's like, there's so much behind it that there's so much in the, in the gas tank, in the engine that keeps this going. And it's lovely. Yeah, man. Thanks for sharing that. Definitely. Sorry for getting all choked up. You it's know? all good, man. That's what we do here. We get real here. Real talk, Zan, real life, you know? Yeah. What message would you have the young kids who, who grew up like you, who maybe are afraid to adventure out and try new things, whether it's being with animals or just trying new things and, in general? Pray. Pray for strength. Pray for guidance. And believe in yourself. Everybody doubted me. I never doubted myself. How did you believe in yourself? when everyone doubted you? How do you believe when you, when you don't have that belief? It's hard to explain. It's more so of, that's where I feel like praying comes into play at. And again, this is going to, I don't care what religion you are. I love everybody. So I give this advice to people. If you believe in Buddha or you're a Christian, you're whatever you are, I don't care. I still love you. So what I'm gonna say is to apply to your life is pure faith. You believe in the higher power, you should believe in yourself. If you can pray and see stuff and want to achieve stuff and you, you're going to work hard towards it, whoever you pray to is going to help you. You're going to help yourself. You know? You're going to have enough strength and motivation to keep going. So when the world tells you no, whatever you read in the Bible, whatever you're doing in your life, God is going to give you signs that you're going to see. And only things you're going to see is what you prayed about. So when I pray and ask God for signs and he puts signs in my life, I'm like, okay. Here we go. Here we go. I always ask him to open and close doors in my life. So when he closes doors, sometimes I'm like, fuck, I wanted that door to be open. Then it's like, I prayed for it. I prayed for it. You know, and, and, you're later, me, you, and a year later, I realized, I realized, I'm like, oh. That's why. That's why. Yeah. Totally get it. It hurts sometimes to close doors. Yeah, like. bro, it does. But God always got a better door open for you. Mm -hmm. You know, so just have faith in yourself. You know, work hard and... I'm telling you, you can become a very scary individual. In a, in a good, good way. In a good way. A good <laughs> I way. like that. You love animals so much. Do you do you eat meat? Yeah. What's this your This is a great conversation. What's I'm your viewpoint of this what's your, conversation? So my mom's a vegan. I have lots of vegan friends. Yeah. You know, I eat meat, but I also believe in being more plant-based. 
yeah. possible, the more like conscious-minded I become, it's like thinking about where the meat comes from and everything like that. So why do we eat meat if you love animals that much? Well, I grew up on meat. And of course now, like I say, I get educated in things. Of course, with all the great publicity I'm getting with animals, people are asking, why do you eat meat still? But then again, I'm real about it. So of course you have, and again, I don't mean to offend anybody what I'm going to say, but you got these vegans, and not all vegans, they kind of attack oh, yeah. certain people. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you need to do this and this, you know, it's like that's not how you approach situations, yeah, yeah. for one. So the main... Come from a loving place. Yeah, the main reason I'm not a vegan is because of the people. I've been bullied a lot my whole life. I got kind of like PTSD when that shit, I don't know if it's the right terminology for it, but like when I feel like people are attacking, attacking me, I get on a kind of a... A whole different person. It's just naturally like how a I snake. Am. Yeah, it takes you know, like, like, to bite you. You want to fucking fight? Let's fight. <laughs> you know. So it's it's wrong for me to do. I'm learning to have educational conversations without being on the defense. You know, I have this cool conversation with a lot of vegans. It's been working pretty cool. What is it? You know, and it's like they ask me about you know the animals, why you meet. I'm like, you know, you can't really. I don't waste food. Every time I eat food, I have food in front of me. I eat it. That's how I was raised, you know, I don't waste anything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to go vegan next year. Really? I'm going to still eat meat, but I'm going to hunt for it myself. Really? So I'm going to work for my food. That's what Zuckerberg did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's awesome. But um, for, like, the vegan community, you have to be a little less harsh at your words and try to educate a little more on a, maybe a different way. Mm-hmm. The same route I took with animal education so much you can do for so long until you're going to switch shit up. You can't shove it down people's throats. Exactly. you got to entertain and educate and make it fun and do it a different way. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, of course I don't agree with animals that's killed or slaughtered inhumanely for you know, food consumption, but we are all animals. We're on the food chain. We have canines in our teeth. That's not for eating plants. Of course, you can eat meat. Um, what do they say about, like, well, a gorilla eats vegetables, right? Just like Yeah, or a lion just eats meat. You know, it's the same thing. It goes hand in hand. Gorilla's got say. canines, right? Yeah, gorilla's got canines, but it doesn't eat meat, right? But they have they have more so of uh, where they come from too. You know, their their DNA, how they're wired, is just different from different animals. You know, of course, like I can't, you, you couldn't switch and eat for, for a gorilla to eat meat twenty four seven. He'd die. Why is that? He can't get the proper nutrients. You know, his stomach can't hold it. He doesn't have certain acids to digest certain things. Versus a lion, I can't just feed lion kale and lettuce and plants all day. He'd die. He'd die. Really? You know, he wouldn't get the proper nutrition. Really? You know what I'm saying? Of course, you could probably, like, blend up proteins and stuff like that and syringe feed them. But, you know, naturally, he just can't do it, you know? So, but he was can't. Huh? We can survive on just plants. We can. We can, we, can, we can bounce back and forth. Going back to my original statement, they're like, oh, these animals— this and that. And I'm like, okay, you can't sit there and say that you're 100% for these animals because where do you live? We live in a house. Yeah. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? You, you know, like... The makeup, the shoes, all the that stuff plays in, You know, the leather, leather on your car, you know, like all that stuff plays into back into your vegan mm-hmm. stuff. You know what I'm saying? So you can't sit there and say, hey, you, hey, you, hey, you, when you have a bunch of hey, yous behind you in your life. In order for us to be one, be able to spread your message because it's not just for me. A lot of people 
don't like the way they approach people. And I'm pretty sure there's tons of people that can have educational, fun conversations mm. about their way of life. And it needs to be done in a better way, of course. But just for me, it's like I'm going to try it for my own benefits, you know, of hunting for my own food. I like yeah. challenges, you know. Yeah. If I want to buy food, I'm going to buy only fruits and veggies. But I'm going to go fishing. I like to fish, you know, so I'm going to go fishing. I'll go hunt. If I want to eat, I'm going to go hunt it all next year. That's my, that's my motto. Just a lot of time and energy. Hey, if I want it, I got to do it. That's true. You know, if you want to at least to try it for a year. Yeah, I always take the approach of like, no matter what stance you have or what you're trying to like come at someone with, whether it's veganism or whatever, just how you show up in general. If you are trying to attack other people on one topic, you better have your whole life figured out exactly. on every other topic. You better be in integrity all the time, a good person. You better be like, you know, in shape, all these other things. Like, because then they can just come and attack you on something else. Exactly. Learn to educate and connect with people on something you're passionate about, but don't make them wrong. Yeah. So when they come at me, I just say, I love you. Yeah. You know, I don't want to argue. I love you. We're on the same team. Have a good day. That's a good response. That's it. Yeah, that's a good response. You know, people always want to fight, but why would you fight your teammate? If you love animals and I love animals and I'm not educating and you're out here educating, leave me alone. Yeah. But we can have educational conversations, <laughs> but it's negative. I love you. Yeah. Have a good day. What's a couple questions left for you? I'm curious. What's the best animal to rescue or have that is not like the normal domestic animals the cats the dogs the i don't know Best whatever animal to rescue. rabbits i don't know if there was like an exotic animal that you wanted to have whether it's a fox or a monkey or you iguanas. know iguanas why is that the best iguanas animal? are so such dope creatures dude oh man like so you catch a lot of them too i yeah. saw a video of you catching like 30 in a night or something i was oh, like, like this guy's crazy. like 300 in a night crazy man yeah it's like nuts they're all over miami yeah it's like it's they're invasive species in miami i've had i have i've had iguanas my whole life growing up so i've already had a natural love for them you know so but then moving to florida when i was 17 and seeing everywhere more iguanas than there were people it's like they're all over the place buildings trees everywhere bro trees they're in the, the city they're at the beach they're at restaurants, they're on the highway, bro, they're everywhere. So why are they a good animal to have? I mean, I wouldn't say a good animal, I was just saying a rescue animal. Gotcha, gotcha. it's exotic, but they're real personal. Really? Yeah, they have such personalities, you know, and like, I'm not saying a wild iguana, but like, once you have an iguana captivity, right. they yeah, have, they're trained. just so smart and intelligent. They understand you. You pet them, they raise up, they want you to pet them. Really? They, they scratch them on the head, they're like, oh yeah, that's the, just like a dog. They're, they're affectionate. You know, they go through their mood swings, you know. They're just, they're just awesome creatures. And when it's your friend, you know, you have a lizard that's in your living room. You sit on the couch and he walks across the whole house and crawls up your leg and falls asleep in your lap. No You're way. Like, Dude, how? A lizard does that? Yeah, bro. They're I got to come see your animals. It's sick, bro. Literally sick. I got to come see them. My lizards, I have two rhino iguanas. They're like almost 30 years old. I rescued them from this guy. When I say rescue, like sometimes people, they don't want their animals anymore. Right. So I'm like, okay, take them, yeah. I'll take them in and I build them like these giant, huge enclosures and feed them tons of fruits and veggies of all different kinds. And just, I have so much fun with it. Now, I don't breed anything. I don't have anything like to resell. Animals I get are like, I think out of all my animals, I think maybe four of them are nice. <laughs> really? Yeah. Four. What are the four? Uh, my dogs. And Two my dogs. Fox. And your fox. Yeah, I got a chameleon. That's pretty cool. But everything else is like just evil. Just, They're not nice. Just rejects for people they don't want. And I love the challenge of taking wow. on the challenge. None of them are relationship. nice. None of them. Are they nice to you or no? Over time, so certain animals take a few weeks, a few days, a few months. 
Um, I have an iguana at home, you know, and I've I've caught over almost 50,000 iguanas in the past couple of years, easily. In the wild. In the wild, yeah. you know. So I have one in captivity that you would think that I've had so much experience with iguanas, I would know. I got one iguana, bro. He's just a dick. You know, won't let you pick him up, won't nothing. let you. Just recently, the weather's changing. You know, they're going into hibernation and brumation. So he's, he's starting to eat a lot more to fatten himself Slowing up. down and so. so I used to put food in his cage. He would run to the back and just look at me. And now I'm going to his cage and he's sitting there staring at me. He's not moving. And then he's walking close and like licking the fruit as my hand's still in there. So I grab some banana. He's still smacking me and biting me. Really? But just that, that little bit of him not running away, the same way how I had my snake as a kid. There's that one day I went and picked him up. He didn't bite me. So I kept duplicating that, building that trust. Same thing with the iguana. Even till today, he's still mean. But a couple days ago, I got the, and I've had this thing for almost a year now. Oh my gosh, you, know, you got so a lick. I, you know, I got, I built in this huge cage that cost <laughs> me like, you know, and a lot of my animals, they have cages that cost way more than them. I have, a, I have a monkey, a rescue monkey that's evil. I can't touch him or anything. Really? And the, the thing cost me 300 bucks to rescue just to give the family a feed to cover some expenses. But his cage costs like $4,000. That's just the you type of- You can't even touch it. You can't touch it. Brady, how long have you had it? I had him for like three months now. We're, get, we're, get, we're, getting, we're getting closer. You know, but wow, man. animals go through psychological and tragic experiences yeah. from other homes, you know, and they don't like humans. And you got to rebuild that trust again. You know, that could have been a good monkey for seven years. And then it took one bad instance. Oh, man. You know, you broke the monkey's trust and he just freaked out by you. And you got to start from day one. Oh, man. And so people are like, man, fuck that process. I'm not going back to that again. I want to get bit again. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to keep cleaning up his shit. I don't want to keep buying fruit and you know I don't want to, you no know. affection back. No exactly, back. you know. So that's where I pride in my at home collection because I have animals that just don't like me, but I give them the best life possible and ended up wow. loving me. And I showed that on social media. If you scroll back, I got this giant six foot lizard from New Hampshire, and when I got him in, his mouth's open. He's smacking his tail, and it's literally sent me to the hospital. Literally, like. The smallest bite possible. It took you to the hospital. No, I'm saying he can. Oh wow! You know, one bite. One bite. I'll go straight to. The, I can rip ligaments in my hand. Really? It's tendons. a big, Oh yeah, it's strong. a six foot water monitor from Asia, like a Komodo dragon. Oh my gosh! But it's a, it's, a, it's not a Dangerous. Komodo dragon, but it's a, a close relative of it. So I got this thing in. He's just evil. And then feeding him, taking a couple smacks, and huffing and puffing, and then you just start petting them and hanging. Now I can go in there, I can pick them up. No. I can kiss him on the face, Shut I can pull up. his tongue out. I can, I, can, I, can, I can be in front of him, I have videos, I go on live all the time, out. and I chop up raw chicken, right, with my hands. And I take the chicken and I'm like, here you go, buddy. And he grabs it and doesn't touch my finger. No way. I swear. And then my hands are covered in juice and chicken. He won't guts. bite it. And I'm putting my hand in front of his Licks face. It. He's just looking at it like, what, do you want to pick a chicken up? He grabs it. So that's how intelligent these animals are. You know, he knows, even though he smells my hands full of chicken, he knows that I'm not, I'm not food. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's sick, dude. I got these giant lizards from Dominican Republic, five foot, called rhinoceros iguanas. They have rhino horns, like a, like a rhino, but on an iguana. You know, and they got these big, huge, big, huge face, these teeth that scary turn back, scary looking, right? If you grab a little blueberry, and you give this blueberry to this fucking lizard. His head's this big. He reaches out with his little tongue. He grabs the blueberry. No. Chews it. It's literally insane, bro. Dude, I want to watch some of it's this. It's insane, bro. If I come to Miami and you're there, can I come well, check We're going to have stuff here. I'm moving here. Okay, great. So I'm going right. to go home, pack up, 
and I'm a road trip all the way over. No here. way, with all the animals? Not all of them. I'm Some a, of them. I'm gonna. I got. I got a couple friends. You that, got stuff here too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say, hey, you know, here you go, dude. I want to come experience this. It's gonna be sick. We're gonna be right here in your backyard. This is amazing, man. Sick, bro. I can't wait. And like, see stuff like this. It's you know, exciting me. We can set your podcast up in a monkey cage and have a podcast in there <laughs> for one day. You know, it'd be crazy. For real, it'd be sick. Monkeys are amazing. I feel like. Oh, they're. I haven't had much experience so with intelligent. them. Yeah. Just, I raised, uh, I helped raise a chimp, chimpanzee. Probably one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. I like a little said, baby? Like a baby chimp, like a baby what was that like? of the ape. Bro, it's insane. They're just hanging on you and playing it's on you. It's so intelligent. It's like a human. He's literally a human with extra hair. And he can't, <laughs> and he can't talk. But can't talk. everything that we do. Can he sign? Can he like. Dude, he's just, you show him how to blow a candle out in a couple minutes, like, it's hot. Don't touch it. He's like, oh, yeah, it's hot. It's like, <laughs> it's like you're brushing your teeth. You can turn the water on and you turn it off. You can do it. He's like, turns the water on. He drinks it and turns it off. You're like, this is crazy, it's man. It's insane, bro. You show, put an iPad and you show him how to swipe and hit apps. No. I swear. It's literally <laughs> mind-blowing how smart these animals are. Wow. They share, I think they share like 98% of our shareable DNA. You know, so. Wow, man. It's just having a. Knowing it's an um, ape, but it's like a human. If you could only have one animal that wasn't a dog, let's say for five years, you couldn't keep any other animals, hypothetically, right? It's like you could only choose one. This was going to be the one that you were going to be with and train with and hang out with. Any type of pet, what would it be? Black jaguar. Why is that? It's my spirit spirit animal. Okay. Do you have one now? No. I've raised some before. Wow. And, like, helped adopt some and gave some money towards their food and cage built. But I've never personally owned one. You've been around them, though? Yeah. What's it like? It's just, dude. Those things are powerful. I've been around they? jaguars before, but I've always loved, you know, from the movie Black Panther. I've always had an obsession with Black Panthers, even though there's no such thing as really a Black Panther. But Black Jaguars, it's just been my spirit animal since a kid. Actually, I'll show you a funny clip. This is where... Uh, Black Jaguar, okay. This is where it gets funny for me. This is how I know these are my spirit animals. I started working with this little uh, jaguar. He was uh, confiscated from some smugglers, and he was freaked out. It's a jaguar. It's an apex predator in the, mm-hmm. in the jungles of Central and South America. These things are big, man, right? Yeah, they're bro. They're just... Muscular, strong. Muscular, strong. Teeth. Just I was down in... Uh, you know, working with this jaguar, and he was just not having a good day, and which is understandable with the situation. And this is our this, this photo is the first time me interacting with him. I got videos I'll show you. He was just totally freaked how, out. How big was it? He's only a, probably about this big. Baby or now? Yeah, his baby. Like six months or four. No, I'd say like three months. Oh, young. Yeah. And he is not freaked out. Humans, horrible people. Yeah. You know, but that's how he's supposed to act. You go in a cage, and he's in the back of the cage, showing his teeth, hissing, growling, which is, you know, it's, it was, what, he's, what he's supposed to do. But you take him in the water. Took him in the water, calmed him down, fed him, gave him some space, did it again, fed him, gave him space. So after, he's swimming and swimming and swimming, and he's about to have enough of me. Is he biting you or now clawing oh, you? Oh, yeah. He is. But his baby doesn't hurt? That's him. After four days. Look at his claws. Oh, yeah. Like, they have full teeth, full claws, and everything. Is he scratching you a lot or no? What? In captivity? Oh. 
the first day? Oh, yeah. They distract you in an accident. So it, yeah, it just... Wasn't breaking the skin? Though? Oh, yeah. So, that so was could my you first grow time. up working with a black Jaguar was that one. I've worked with Jaguars before, standard color Jaguars, but, but I just feel like my, my spirit animal was that. Do you think if you raised it as a baby, would it be tame around you as an adult? It's more self-trusting. Of course, you can't. You can't be like playing, rolling around. Yeah, you, I never, you never encourage like a bear. playing with any wild animal, you know, or no. you know, apex predator in captivity. What about those, that guy who's like always with the lions? Which one? There's a few of them, but there's a guy yeah. who did like a bunch of GoPro stuff that was like. Oh, Kevin Richardson. So the guy in, in South Africa. Africa, or Africa yeah, he's yeah. a badass dude. He's like just walking out with the lions, like, and then playing with them and grown lions. He spends hours and hours and hours. Doesn't matter. Hour, one like every single day. Yeah, in one instance you're done. But that's the. But he probably raised. Look how much awareness he's raised. In our line of work, we have to make that sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? It's like, your life. It's your life. You know, but. I do it any day. But you do it in a safe way. You're not like in a safe throwing, way you're not to just walking and inspire. Yeah, you know? safe, the safest way possible. I look at it as if we can, if I can make a sacrifice for myself and I can work for 10 years and say, God forbid something happens to me, but I can inspire 100 million people yeah. to love animals and only 10 people are going to fully chase that dream hard like I did, just imagine what 10 Tarzans can do in 10 years from now, you know? So. That's the sacrifice you make to inspire, encourage, and sometimes, consciousness, yeah. sometimes you get caught in fire and stuff, you know, but it's okay because that's what we do. Yeah. It's like playing NFL. You're going to get a concussion. You're going to break a leg. You know, you're gonna, you, if, you're, if you're a race car driver, you're going to get in an accident. Shit happens. The, of course, you don't want it to happen, you know, but that's just life. Wow, that's man. why the bites and scratches don't bother me because it's every day. It's like getting fouled in basketball. Right, it happens. You know, it's a hard hit. A it's bruise. a hard hit. It's a bruise. Yeah. This is your contact sport. Exactly. It's getting a little nipped by like exactly. water or something. Okay, final couple questions for you. This yeah. one is called the three truths. And I ask this to everyone at the end. So imagine it's your last day on Earth. You choose the day as many years out as you want it to be. You've done everything you want to do. You've accomplished all your dreams. It's all happened. But for whatever reason, you've got to take all the information with you. All the videos and content and work you've done, TV shows, it goes with you when you pass. So no one has access to your information anymore. But you could write down the three things you know to be true about your life, your experiences, the lessons. And there's only three things you can share with the world. What would you say are your three truths? Mm, that's cool. I like that question. The so three things that would be the truth if I could take everything away Love always wins. That's the, that's the truth mm-hmm. of my life. I could easily hate a lot of people for a lot of things, you know, but if I love you, what happens after that? Mm-hmm. You got nothing. Right. If I go negative about it, we can go on for years of negativity, fighting back and forth, you know, all types of crazy stuff. But at the end of the day in my life, what's been making everything happen it's love, mm. you know? It's great. So, love, love always wins. God is good all the time. Second truth. Third truth. The truth I would love to leave is we need animals more than they need us. Because mm. if they go, we go. Mm. That's the reality of it. Really? That's the truth. So if I were able to leave this earth and not have Anything I've ever done be shown, but leave three truths behind. Love always wins. 
God is good all the time, no matter who you believe in. And animals. If there's no animals, there's no us. Wow. That's the truth. Wow. Yeah, those are powerful, man. Well, what can we do to support you? What's a, a project that you want us to follow? Where can we follow you online? At The Real Tarzan on Instagram. You guys got to check this stuff out. If you guys aren't following, make sure you follow and, and just see the videos. They're inspiring. So what else is going on for you? A lot of charitable work. We're going to be uh, giving a lot of money and a lot of... We're going to do stuff different. A lot. I feel like a lot of companies, organizations have billions of dollars from charity and give back, but they only pinch out a couple hundred thousand dollars, maybe a couple, a couple thousand dollars. I want to be known as the dude when I die. Like, yo, that motherfucker Tarzan was giving away big checks and doing big work and just doing real humanitarian and loving, loving work. Like going to Africa, re- really rebuilding shit, you know, documenting it, showing people where their money's going, where my money's going, where my time's going. I feel like we missed, we're missing that aspect of reality you know i feel like us as americans we're so comfortable and cool here you know but there's a whole nother world out there that needs that needs us and at the end of the day we can be americans we can be african we can be europeans or australians but at the end of the day we're all brothers and sisters and we're all people and that's where the love comes at where can we go out and help these people mm-hmm. you know and that's where like i feel like the love is going to be just so real that we're going to be able to show it you know, help build on it. We're starting our own nonprofit in 2019. So, you know, I've been losing, using a lot of my own money mm-hmm. to go out and do this work. You know, right. I'm bringing people along with me, whoever wants to tag along. That's why I feel like I've been building these relationships. Will Smith, Diddy, giving all these eyes, these people. Once we start hitting these real projects and showing the real progress, it's going to be a beautiful That's thing cool, and start a trend of just helping and showing love. That's great, man. So just... I can't tell you what to do now. Just follow you on social media right now. And yeah. Stay just, tuned. Just stay, stay tuned, man. You know, there's a whole lot of stuff coming. A whole lot of gangster shit coming <clears throat> like your it. way in a fun way. I like it, man. You know, so. Yeah. That's cool. Well, I got to acknowledge you for a moment, Mike, for, for being authentically you because you grew up in a place that wasn't supportive of your dream, but you did it anyways. Mm-hmm. You did something that most kids that look like you don't do exactly and you're doing it anyways with a lot of passion and love and and generosity you give back constantly which is really inspiring so i acknowledge you for your efforts your work your care for animals that don't have care and you constantly show up in a a big way man and your heart is uh it's infectious so i acknowledge all that you thank you brother i really appreciate that man um yeah man of course man my final question is what is your definition of greatness Definition of greatness. <clears throat> Definition of greatness. I love this. So this is the best way I can explain it. I look at Mike Tyson. I look at Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps, Michael Jackson, Michelangelo. And you get these people that share a name, Michael. Just, this is just me. This just could be anybody. Greatness is when you look at these people's lives and you parallel them and they never cross paths in their actual line of work and they all have one thing in common, relentless hard work. Look at Michael Phelps. Yeah, what does he do every, every day? He swims, he masters his craft. He doesn't worry about anybody else. He worries about himself. He masters his fucking craft. And that's why he's the best 
Olympic gold medalist swimmer for whatever swim thing he does. I, I don't know exactly what he swims with, but I know it's the best. he puts yeah. it working. You know what I'm saying? You look at Michael Jordan, sickening work ethic. He's great. So true greatness lies in hard work. No matter how talented you are, if you work your ass off every day, nonstop, you become great. But you just got to believe that shit. If you don't believe me, look into these great people's lives, the real greats, the real goats, and you see what they, look at the documentaries, look at their work, look at their, their passion, how they move. They have relentless hard work. I was working hard all year, what I thought I was. I met Will Smith, and uh, I think I met him what, a month and a half ago. After the video came yeah, out yeah, yeah. and you met. So I've been traveling the world and doing my Tarzan and stuff. And I talked to uh, Will Smith, and he's like, yeah, Will hasn't been home since Christmas. Like, working. Working. Just out there getting it. N- another country, another this, another project. And it's just like music video, TV show, YouTube, jumping on a helicopter. Your, your boy's doing it. And it's like, that's the hard work. What do you think Tom Brady does in his off time? Studies, Studies. trains, game what, 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 what do you think uh, Michael Jackson did with his music? Just... Mastering his craft. Mastering his craft. You know what I'm saying? Just these people, greatness lies in hard work. Mm-hmm. You're talented all day. Yeah, man. Tell my little brother. My little brother is a talented young man. His name is Randy. My favorite little brother. And uh, he's so talented, man. Just naturally talented. But it could be a blessing and a curse. Because you may not work as hard when you're talented. So I tell him. I'm like, look, kid. You're very talented, but that doesn't mean shit. I said, you're already ahead of everybody just by talent-wise. I said, eventually they're going to catch you just by talent-wise. I said, imagine when you put relentless hard work on top of your already God-given talent. No one would ever be able to catch you. You'll be far ahead of everybody for a long time, for forever. And I tell them that at six six years old. Mm -hmm. And we win five state championships in football. And then he leaves, basket, leaves football and then goes wins another four state championships in basketball. Then went to state championship in baseball. And it's just like, that's my boy. What's he doing now? He's playing basketball. He's 13 years old. Just turned 13 on October 12th. He's six foot one with a size 13 shoe. Ooh. He's a monster. So if you think I'm talking ta- already? He, damn near. He, I haven't seen him in like a couple months, but Close. every time I come Might home be. to see him, he's like, taller, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's amazing, man. I love it. Good stuff. Make sure you guys follow this guy, The Real Tarzan. Appreciate you, Mike. Thank you for having me, brother. That's great, man. There you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this one. LewisHouse.com slash 724. Mike Holston in the house. Super pumped about this because he's doing incredible work. Again, make sure to check him out. Tag him on your Instagram stories at Mike Holston, The Real Tarzan powerful stuff and his videos have been crazy the last couple weeks so check out his videos his photos they're going to inspire you to want to uh, be more part of this conversation and engaging in wildlife as well yourself so check it out tag him as well and share this with your friends lewishouse.com slash seven two four and again if you have a dream if you have a passion burning inside of you this is another example that you can pursue that thing and make a full-time living doing what you love that's what this life is about it's not about doing something you hate for your whole life. Listen, I get it. For years, I had to do things I didn't love. 
in order to gain the experience, the skill set, earn the money, to have the freedom to then pursue things that I did love. But don't ever let someone hold you back from saying your idea is too crazy because there are examples every single day of people doing things they love. They're making big impact in the world like Mike Holston and making a full-time income doing it. So again, use this as an example. Share this with your friends. Let me know what you thought of this over on Instagram, lewishouse.com slash 724 for the full video interview. Check out Mike Holston at The Real Tarzan. And Harriet Tubman said, every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember, you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. I love you so very much, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and nada yada yada. Only at Metro by T Mobile. Switch to Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.